Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's Your Point, the podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today we're going to be talking about the Waukesha incident that happened in Wisconsin. We're going to go over what happened at the event. We're going to talk about who it was and the history behind this Daryl Brooks guy, and then we're going to kind of fall into the rabbit hole of systemic racism and black privilege or what I like to call black privilege. So if you weren't paying attention to the news on November 21st of 2021 this year, there was a Christmas parade that was hosted in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And the Christmas parade happens every year. Unfortunately, the 2021 parade was canceled due to COVID-19, but the 2021 parade went on as normal. It was the 58th annual event, and it featured more than 60 entries and had the theme of comfort and joy. Who doesn't love a good Christmas parade? Anybody going to a Christmas parade expects it to be fun and joyful and happy for everybody in the city, but no, because a 39-year-old man named Daryl Brooks had a different idea. So at around 4.39 p.m. on November 21st, Daryl Brooks, who's the man that murdered all these people, drove through the event at around 40 miles per hour and broke through the barricades and crashed this entire parade. He immediately killed five people at first and 48 other people were injured. The five who were immediately identified were four women and one man, but the hospital admitted 28 people and nine were in critical condition. And then by November 23rd, the number of reported injuries had increased to 62 and the number of fatalities had increased to six after an eight-year-old child died. And the ages of the dead ranged from eight to 81. Later on, there was about 17 more children that were injured and a total of seven children still remain hospitalized to this day. So during this parade, it was actually being live streamed and there was a bunch of people there who caught the incident on videos that were later posted on social media. Two eyewitnesses told reporters that the driver didn't stop initially and all they could hear were a bunch of people screaming and crying. And one witness even describes the driver as calm and composed. Later, the police reported that the driver deliberately targeted the crowd and was driving in like a zigzag pattern to hit as many people as possible. Among all the people that ended up passing away, there were three women who were part of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies, which is a dance group composed solely of grandmothers. That is so sad. That is heartbreaking. Remember, I said the dead ranged from years 8 to 81, and there were all kinds of people. There were families at this event. It's disgusting what this man did. So... Daryl Brooks was the man who drove his SUV through this crowd, and on the same day, he ended up getting arrested immediately, and this man isn't innocent. He had an extensive criminal record. Just 21 days before the Waukesha attack, he was arrested for hitting his girlfriend with the same SUV during a domestic dispute. The charges against him for the case included second-degree recklessly endangering safety with domestic abuse assessments, a felony as well as disorderly conduct with domestic abuse assessments, misdemeanor battery with domestic abuse assessments, and obstructing an officer. And he only posted a $1,000 bail on November 19th, which was two days before the Waukesha attack, and he was released. So just two days before this accident happened, he was in jail and he was released on a $1,000 bail for all of the reasons that I just listed earlier, for some reason, $1,000 really. And then unrelated, but he's also wanted for a, a sex crime in Nevada. This guy is disgusting. So he was arrested that night after the attack, and he apparently was caught because he was telling a Waukesha resident that he was homeless and waiting for an Uber. And the guy that he was talking to was unaware of what had just happened in the town, and he let Daryl Brooks into his home. This poor resident of this town let this criminal into his house. 
So now he's been charged with five counts of first-degree intentional homicide. And yeah, it was intentional. Not just because he voluntarily drove through this crowd, but because of all the history in his past. And we'll go over that in a second. Following the death of his sixth victim, Brooks' bond was set to a $5 million bail. And he remains in custody. And then following his initial court appearance, the Waukesha County District Attorney has said that there are more charges likely to come. As they should. As they literally should. This man is insane. Now, authorities have not announced a motive for the attack, but I can probably tell you exactly what it is, considering it is very obvious that he does not like white people based on his social media accounts. And that is very obvious. The Waukesha Police Chief Daniel Thompson said the attack was not a terrorist event. How is that not domestic terrorism? Police are investigating whether Brooks may have been fleeing from a nearby domestic disturbance when encountering the parade, and he was just on some angry rampage, but I highly doubt that's the issue. The police chief said that we have information that the suspect prior to the incident was involved in a domestic disturbance, which was just minutes prior to the accident, and that the suspect left the scene just prior to our arrival to that domestic disturbance. He also said that Brooks was not being chased by the police while he drove the parade route. Prosecutors have alleged that Brooks was trying to strike and hurt as many people as possible. Very true. For some reason, this tragedy hasn't resulted in the round-the-clock cable news discussion and talking about discussions like Brooks' troubled past or possible motives. And the mainstream investigative reporters don't even appear to be searching for clues or doing research and trying to figure out what the motive could have been. There's a quote from media critic Jeffrey McCall that says that the left-leaning media outlets today want to frame every story through their predetermined narrative lenses. That's what is happening here with the reporting of the Waukesha Christmas Parade story, which I completely agree with. Daryl Brooks' violent history stretches all the way back to 1999 when he was accused and later convicted of aggravated battery with the intent to cause great bodily harm. And most recently, he allegedly ran a woman over and punched her in the face on November 2nd, which is what we were talking about when he used the same car that he hit all these people with to hit his ex-girlfriend in a domestic dispute. He also has an outstanding warrant that we mentioned earlier in Nevada for skipping bail on a sex crime charge and has shared a variety of alarming social media posts that could have helped provide a motive. And although we know this, news media outlets like CNN decided to completely grace over the fact that all of this stuff combined makes sense as to why Daryl Brooks has acted the way he has acted. CNN just totally blew over it. In fact, they decided to blame the car on the accident instead of the actual person. You know, we fight all the time about gun violence and we say, you know, um, it's not the gun's fault, it's the person's fault. But now CNN wants to say that it's the car's fault, not the person's fault. It's ridiculous. There's a quote from a former CNN digital producer, and he stated saying that these points were missing from a recent reporting from CNN. In fact, not only have most outlets avoided digging into Brooks and a potential motive, they've actually avoided Brooks' involvement altogether. By not even mentioning him by name, by stating that it's the car's fault, it's insane. The CNN tweet itself says, Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a city's Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring scores of others. A car. A car drove through a city's Christmas parade. A car, really, not a full-grown man with a series of domestic dispute problems, violence, and aggression. Really, okay, whatever. This got a lot of backlash from social media, which I agree with. A lot of people were pointing out the fact that the left-wing medias are talking about how it's the car's fault. And props to them. Bring it up. 
make this blow up because the left-wing medias are not going to get away with this. Cars don't drive themselves. People drive cars. End of story. And I think it's also important to talk about the fact that this is journalism of omission, which is when news outlets and journalists decide to omit certain parts of the story from their article. It's just as important to talk about the stuff that isn't included in an article as it is to talk about what is included. Because chances are, especially when you're reading left-wing news outlets, the stuff that they omit is probably stuff that they're trying to keep away that would be hypocritical to the narrative that they're trying to push. And CNN isn't the only news outlet to do this. New York Times didn't say anything about the parade until November 25th, and Rachel Maddow, our favorite person, spent the entire segment talking about the attack without mentioning Daryl Brooks once. She only referred to him as a suspect, and MSNBC didn't even put his mugshot on the screen during the segment either. So we've got the New York Times, MSNBC, and CNN, our favorite people ever. We love them. They're so great. What great news sources. Not mentioning this guy by name, not showing his mugshot, not saying anything at all whatsoever. And it's so obvious. It is so obvious. There was another quote from a Cornell Law School professor and a media critic as well named William A. Jacobson. And he told Fox News that CNN and other liberal media outlets are portraying this as a car problem and shying away from focusing on the perpetrator because it would not fit a narrative that the white supremacists are the greatest threat of domestic terrorism. Which, like I said earlier, this is an act of domestic terrorism. Nobody wants to call it that. But guess what? Because it wasn't a white person driving a car, they don't want to talk about it. If this was a white person driving this car, guess what? We wouldn't hear the end of it. Overall, other media outlets have referred to this attack as a parade crash or an incident. I think CNN said that it was an incident like in 12 different tweets that they posted without referring it as a domestic terrorism incident or referring to Daryl Brooks at all whatsoever. Other media outlets like CNN, Huffington Post, ABC, Yahoo, and Time have also referred to this incident as a crash, too. They don't want to refer to it as anything, like a domestic terrorism incident. They refer to the attack as a parade crash by intensely downplaying the intent prosecutors have leveled against the career criminal. And hashtag Waukesha Massacre started trending on Twitter. And I think that's very true because it was a massacre. It was a terrorist attack. It was a domestic terrorist attack against white people, plain and simple. And if you don't like what I just said, I'm sorry. But that's exactly what it is. It's time to accept the fact that there are many, many people out there who do not like white people. You can be racist towards white people. And we'll get there. Don't stop listening now. If you listen this far you probably are already aware of the fact that you can be racist towards white people. Um, the people who don't agree with what I just said are probably not listening at all, but props to you if you are. But if we rely on the textbook definition of racism, it's the prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. That is it. It mentions all races and all ethnic groups in general. And last time I checked, White is a race, just like black is a race, just like all these, there's all these other races, you can be racist towards white people. And Daryl Brooks was outwardly racist towards white people. If we want to look up his past and look up his old tweets and his old posts, he is very, very outwardly racist towards white people. But before we get into that, I want to talk about really quickly the GoFundMe that was posted on GoFundMe's account before they took it down. I'll give, I'll give props to GoFundMe for yanking the page down. 
But there was a GoFundMe opened up to try and raise a $5 million bail for Daryl Brooks. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. The GoFundMe popped up shortly after the attack happened. And the GoFundMe itself included many hashtags like hashtag racism is real and hashtag BLM. And the GoFundMe insists that Brooks was a victim of a racist justice system. Are you kidding me? You go and you kill six white people and injure over 30 more. And he's a victim of a racist justice system. Right. Okay. Totally. I don't know who set up this GoFundMe. They claim that his name was James Norton. And he calls the convicted pedophile and accused mass murderer our dear friend. It goes on to say, as someone who knows Daryl personally, I can tell you that he would never do such a thing. And I know he's innocent of what he's charged with. When there's literal video proof that this man drove through this Christmas parade in a red vehicle, are you kidding me? It claims that he would never do such a thing and knows he's innocent. It also says, I am seeking to raise the bail so Daryl can be released and speak his truth to his side of the story in this tragic situation that sees another black man behind bars in a purely political and racist trial. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, and it continues more. It says there is no excuse for this continued treatment of black Americans by prosecutors around the country. We ask that he be treated equally as anyone else in this country would be treated as he should be released until found guilty. It ended with hashtag BLM, hashtag I stand with Daryl, hashtag no justice, no peace, and hashtag racism is real. Well, I'm sorry, but if you drive through a crowd of people during a Christmas parade, you deserve to be treated exactly how this man is being treated. Fortunately, for the rest of us, the GoFundMe was removed because it, quote, violated GoFundMe's terms of service, which is totally fine with me. And whoever was funding it, the spokesperson for GoFundMe said that they were banned from using the GoFundMe platform for any future fundraisers, which is good. So I think we can all come to the conclusion that the way that the left-wing media is treating this man is pretty much like a saint. They're not identifying him as his name. They're saying that the car was to blame for the attack, and I don't think that's fair. You want to know why? I will be blunt with you. It's because he's black, and God forbid the news media outlets report that a black man has terrorized a community, because that would be racist, right? So, I was scrolling on Twitter the other day, and I came across this video, and I'm going to go ahead and play the audio for you real quick. It's basically this gay black guy and he's ranting about white people and he's in a group chat with other looks to be like seven other black men and women, I guess. And I don't know where it's from. I don't know if it's Zoom. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to play it for you. TikTok. Let me tell you something. If you're in here or y'all go run back and tell them, y'all got to tell them, tell them that nobody else said shit but me. I'm going to say this, and you ain't got to chop shit up. I am for the white genocide. I am for the total erasure of the white race. I, you don't have to chop this up. Yes, I am for all of you white bitches dying like flies. I am for it. I am for it. I support it. I am for putting all you white possums in a gas chamber and letting that motherfucker ring, bitch. I am for it. So you don't have to chop shit up. I'm for it, and I'm going to stand ten toes down behind it, bitch. Simple as that. So you got to chop shit up. You ain't got to screw the shit. Bitch, I said it, and I stand on it. Simple. So he's basically talking about being all for the white genocide, and you can hear people in the background laughing because, I don't know, they think this is the funniest thing ever. But I want you to take a moment, listen to the audio, and then replace the word white with literally any other race. Because if I sat there and I replaced the word white with black... My head would be on a platter. 
I would be banished from the internet for the rest of my life. You would never see me ever again. I don't care what anybody says. You don't get to say that about white people. You don't get to say that about any race. I'm not going to sit here and just defend white people. I'm going to sit here and defend every race because you don't get to say that about anybody. That is not okay. Dude, where are your parents? All of them, actually. Where are all of their parents? Because who taught them to act this way? Who taught them to talk that way? It's not trendy. It's not cool. It's not funny. You look stupid and it's disgusting. But guess what? At the end of the day, the bare minimum will happen to this kid. You want to know why? Because he's black. If a white person were to go on social media and say this, they would literally be banned from everything. They would be canceled. They would be shut down. That would be the end of it. But I promise you, this kid will face little to no repercussions for what he has said because in this day and age, in our society, in our generation, it's quirky and cool to literally be racist towards white people. And you will never, ever change my mind about this. Here's another spot-on example for you. When George Floyd died in 2020, this man had statues put up about him. He was worshipped on social media. Some people literally used him as like some sort of weird god figure when it came to politics on social media. And literally Nancy Pelosi herself went on TV and said that this man sacrificed his life. For what? Literally for what? Drugs? Like, I, I don't know. He did not sacrifice his life for the sake of anybody else. And at the end of the day, nobody focuses on their criminal history. I'm sorry, but if you look at the statistics, there are multiple things that back up the fact that people like George Floyd, people like Daryl Brooks, all of these people have a very long criminal past and criminal history that literally make them who they are today, make them do the things that they do now. Nobody wanted to focus on the facts when it came to the Derek Chauvin trial. Nobody wanted to read up on who George Floyd even was before he was on the ground. Nobody cared that he held a gun to a pregnant woman. Nobody cared that he was overdosing on fentanyl. Nobody cares to look at the facts. It's all about emotions. It's all about race. And I'm sick and tired of it. The only way that we can actually move forward together as a society is if we put bad people where they belong, hold bad people accountable, hold anybody accountable if they are to do something bad, no matter what their skin color is. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're Mexican. I'm just saying, stop giving other people unequal treatment based solely on the color of their skin. There's one more example that I want to bring up because over near my hometown in Mansfield, Texas, there was a school shooting that happened earlier this year. And it was this like 17 year old black kid who was getting bullied at school. So he decided to bring a gun and he shot one of the classmates. And any school shooting is bad. Again, think of any school shooting. They're all bad. It's terrible. We can talk about how gun-free zones have the most shootings, but we can save that for another podcast because that's also something that I'm very, very passionate about. But this kid was black and after the school shooting happened, they arrested him and they put his bail to uh, $75,000. You know, that's not a normal bail. Look up the bails that they've set for normal school shooters. After, there was an article that also came out claiming that he had a welcome home party. And this story on social media lasted for about, I don't know, a day. After that, people found out what race he was. Nobody talked about it. We all brought it up in the conservative movement because, hello, 
we still talk about issues that happen on a day-to-day basis. But as soon as the news media outlets found out about it, oh my God, they were silent. They didn't want to mention his name. They didn't want to show his mugshot. They didn't want to show anything. Guess what? It was because the way he looked. And that is a pattern that continues to happen every single day. I would love to take more time to dive into systemic racism or what they think exists within systemic racism and critical race theory right now, because that's a pretty hot topic in most public schools. Um, But I'm going to leave you guys with this. And I hope it really helped to shed light on what's going on in the world and how honestly, brutally, honestly, unfair white people are being treated because I know we all see it. I know there's a bunch of people that see it. They may not want to talk about it on social media, but that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to talk about it. So thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. If you're listening on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up. Make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you get notified every single time I post. If you're not following my Instagram, follow it at the Kaylee Campbell, and also follow the podcast Instagram at What's Your Point Pod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give this a five-star review. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week.